guys, welcome to episode number four of the Papa John's Brain Droppings podcast. Uh, so, uh, yesterday's show we went very long, actually over three hours. Um, lots, actually, I think it was the best episode we've done so far. Uh, hopefully, this show will be even better. Um, but when I was rewatching that show, I noticed a lot of things that I think could be better. So, uh, starting from the intro. Uh, a lot of links that I was saying out loud and stuff like that. I'm gonna save that time. Uh, I'm gonna talk about those things, but I'm not gonna extend like the the links and stuff like that. The links will be on every platform. Uh, so going forward, like every link, everything that uh, you guys can be a part of, uh, we'll have on every single platform. So it'll be easy to access, um, and it will save us time in terms of the podcast. So um, the first thing that I want to talk about is I want to thank everybody that did uh, go out to vote already for uh, Maximus Finest. Uh, we actually still have seven days left to do that. Uh, so if you can, uh, please, I encourage you guys to do that. Um, and the link, of course, will be uh, down at the bottom for the YouTube video. Uh, it will also be available on every other platform that we're on as well. So uh, please make sure, guys, that you're doing that. There's still seven days left. Um, and I know I would appreciate it, and I would appreciate it, um, definitely guys get out the vote um, and again uh, if this is the first podcast that you're listening to uh, for Papa John's Brain Droppings um, there's two ways that you can vote for Anna you could do it through Facebook through this link or um, if, if possible uh, the better way I think is you can do it with what's called the warrior vote um, and that allows for a portion of the proceeds benefits uh, the homes for wounded warriors uh, so really good um, cause there and yeah you know if you guys can do that that would be very very cool uh, so that brings us to the start of today's podcast uh, so it's been a very busy time uh, the last few days um, kind of getting stuff ready uh, for this podcast um, and I'm so happy to announce, guys, that we have successfully, in just four episodes, uh, we have successfully reached every platform that we wanted to reach. Uh, we're actually now available on iTunes, we're available on YouTube, of course our host, podcast.com. We're available now, uh, I'm very happy to announce two new partnerships, two new platforms. Uh, we are now available on TuneIn, uh, and that link will also be... Uh, at the bottom of YouTube, also on every other platform. Uh, so we encourage you guys to favorite us on TuneIn. And also, uh, just announced, actually just before the show started, uh, I was thrilled to announce that uh, to you guys that we are now on Stitcher as well. Um, so I, in my opinion, like all of the best platforms for podcasting, we are now a part of. Um, I think that's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, I'm so proud and so happy uh, about that. And, you know, it's really a testament to you guys, the viewers, the listeners. Um, you know, I appreciate the support so much that you guys are giving to the show. Um, and, you know, it's paying off. It's definitely paying off. Um, as I say that, I notice that the lighting is a bit dim. Uh, let me see if I can fix that. There we go. A little bit better. Um, so, yeah, like, really excited to be on TuneIn, really excited to be on Stitcher. Um, again, like two of the best platforms, I think, uh, for podcasts. 
Um, and what's interesting about Stitcher is that as, as we continue to get bigger and bigger, um, the opportunities on Stitcher are going to be awesome uh, for this podcast. So we're really excited about that partnership, uh, the most recent partnership that we just found out about today. So some really good stuff there. Um, so let's dive right in uh, to where we left off in the last podcast. So the last podcast, um, just like on the news right now, uh, there's like two major things. There's DACA and there's North Korea. Uh, DACA is still a major, major talking point for everybody. It's something that's on the top of everybody's minds right now. Um, there was a few things that came out after we did the podcast yesterday that I wanted to share with you guys uh, today. The first was a tweet from Donald Trump. Uh, he was saying that Congress now has six months to legalize DACA, uh, something that the Obama administration was unable to do. If they can't, I will revisit this issue. So basically, a kind of ultimatum, you know, six months period to do this, or he will revisit the issue. Um, so pretty crazy stuff with that. Um, what was also interesting was this. It was saying that as late as one hour before the decision was to be announced, administration officials privately expressed concern that Donald Trump might not fully grasp the details of the steps he was about to take, and when he discovered their full impact, would change his mind. Um, so again, you know, that kind of... It kind of feeds into uh, the worries that a lot of people have about this guy, Donald Trump, that, you know, he doesn't seem to know what he's doing, um, that he's constantly changing his mind, um, and to be in that type of position and to be that type of person, um, seemingly ill-informed, uninformed, um, making those decisions, that's a pretty scary thing. Um, but moving on, uh, my thoughts on that that tweet from Donald Trump, I was just saying, uh, you know, how, lo how low can you set the bar for yourself and for Congress? Um, you know, six months period to get something passed. If it doesn't get passed in six months, then you're going to revisit it. Um, you know, not totally understanding what you've, what you've just done, uh, seemingly, um, based on the, the officials there in the White House. Um, you know, it just adds to the madness of this man's administration, really. Um, moving on, uh, a couple of tweets from Uberfax that I thought were interesting. Um, one of them says that instead of once upon a time, many Korean folktales began with back when tigers used to smoke. Uh, so I thought that was you know, kind of weird, kind of interesting. So I wanted to share that with you guys on the podcast. Um, the other thing was, and this is crazy, Apparently, and I think I have heard of this before, um, there's a wheeled alarm clock called Clocky uh, that is actually capable of running away and hiding when your alarm goes off. Um, and that actually will force you to get out of bed to try to shut it off. Um, so, you know, for some people, you know, that might be clever, that might be, you know, interesting for anything else, anybody else, I think, you know, that's more of like a form of torture. It's kind of... Uh, you know, bothersome, really. Um, it, it's interesting, though, like, the, the different types of people out there. There's some people that, you know, as soon as their alarm goes off the first time, like, as soon as it starts, boom, they're up, they're ready to go. Um, for other people, you know, they can hit snooze all day. Um, so, 
yeah, for those for those people in particular, that might be a product worth getting uh, clocky. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with you guys, a little bit more sports today, because uh, obviously the first three episodes, um, I, I was kind of surprised. We didn't really talk that much about sports. It is kind of like a dead time in sports right now. Um, as it's, a, it's mostly off-season for a lot of different leagues, but um, uh, interesting tweet here from Tim and Sid. Huge fan of their show, by the way. Um, if you don't watch Tim and Sid and you live in Canada, you're missing out. They are, in my opinion, the funniest, uh, smartest takes on sports in Canada. Um, if you live in the U.S. or you live somewhere else in the world, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think you really can view Tim and Sid, but uh, yeah, like they've got some really good humor um, in regards to sports, and they've got some pretty interesting ideas, too. So uh, they tweeted out here, waiting for this Jays game to end, because that game was going on way, way late into the early morning. Um, I didn't even know that they were still playing. Um, I don't want to say I've given up on the Blue Jays this year, but I just wasn't really watching that game. Um, and while I was like putting and editing together the last podcast, um, I got a notification on my phone saying, oh, the Blue Jays score is this, the game just ended. And then I saw it was like 19 innings or something. I was just like, whoa. Um, so uh, here they tweeted, waiting for this Jays game to end with the skeleton just sitting there. So um, definitely a long game, uh, lots of extra innings, lots of hours. I believe the game itself was a total of like six hours long. Um, so pretty long game. Um, Uberfax also tweeted, uh, the most misinformed Americans tend to be the most confident in their political views and are also the strongest partisans, uh, research shows. Um, and I, I do tend to agree with that research. Um, I, I, it's, it's frustrating. I think it's part of what has made politics become so broken, uh, not just in the U.S., but I think in every country where... Uh, you know, people that are misinformed tend to have like the most rigid ideas and they're not as open-minded as we were talking about in, in yesterday's podcast. Um, and, and in that way, like, you know, they don't really take in information and, and ca- you're not really as capable of, of changing their mind, right? Um, and I think that when it comes to politics, um, that's such an important thing, like to be able to take in new information and, you know, make a decision and make an opinion based off of that um, but if your views are rigid and they cannot change um, you know that can be bothersome it's interesting because in politics a lot of times um, you know you hear uh, as a slam to politicians like oh this guy's a flip-flopper he changes his mind all the time but you know if you're presented with new information and you change your mind I don't view that as a weakness um, I view that as, as a form of evolution like you've You've taken something new in, you've processed it, you've listened to people's opinions, you've listened to the arguments, and you've made a, uh, an opinion based off of that. Um, it's interesting that in politics that that's viewed as a, as a bad thing, that's viewed as flip-flopping, um, where I think most people would view it just in general, you know, as, as a person, that's somebody that's open-minded. So, um, yeah, I just I find that very interesting, and I tend to agree with that research. Um, Another tweet from Will Fisher, uh, he was saying that there's a DACA recipient in a combat zone somewhere in the world right now. Nice of Donald Trump to give them even more to worry about. Um, And again, you know, the Dreamers, part of the DACA, um, you know, they 
they're working everywhere. They're in universities, um, Facebook employs Dreamers. I think Microsoft also employs Dreamers. Uh, there's a lot of Dreamers in the military. Um, you know, so this doesn't just impact their lives. It impacts uh, all of those people that work with them, their friends, their families. Um, you know, you're talking about to start 800,000 people and then it just kind of goes from there uh, for all the people that they interact with, etc. So, um, you know, when yesterday uh, the press secretary was saying like, oh, you know, he was processing this over the weekend, I think that blew away everybody, including the media that was just sitting there going, just the weekend? Um, you think about all the people that it's impacting and you've thought about it just for a weekend? Um, and before that, you did so many interviews saying that, you know, you were going to go after this issue uh, with your heart. Um, you know, it doesn't really seem like that's actually the case. Um, another interesting thing that I found out yesterday uh, was the actor Mickey Rourke, um, and I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I think he's uh, an underrated actor. Um, for the longest time, he was blacklisted, blackballed um, from Hollywood. Um, you know, he's not without his fair share of personal issues, for sure. Um, but in a lot of ways, I think his comeback, uh, particularly in the movie The Wrestler, uh, was very fun to watch. You know, he was also in the Iron Man sequel as one of the villains. Um, so he, his, his ability to make that type of a comeback uh, after being away for so long, I think, was... Uh, really interesting um, but I still think he still has a little bit of crazy left in him because at the age of 64 um, he says that he's in talks with the Golden Boy promotion uh, to fight in 2017 uh, so he did have a bit of a flirtation with a boxing career earlier in his life now it looks like he wants to try to come back and in my mind I was thinking you know apparently he wants to live out the ending to the movie The Wrestler um, but this time as a boxer in real life so um, yeah I don't know if I can get behind that especially at that age um, but you know apparently boxing is a passion for him um, and he's gonna try to uh, get back into the squared circle uh, later this year it looks like with the Golden Boy promotion so uh, I thought that was some, some interesting news uh, something that I don't think a lot of people saw coming um, so just like with yesterday uh, there's really like two key days technically three I guess uh, for the week for wrestling uh, Monday for Raw Tuesday for Smackdown and every so often Sundays for uh, the big attractions the pay-per-view events um, so Yesterday being Tuesday and this being Wednesday, uh, you know, it is, it's an opportunity to talk about what happened on SmackDown Live. Uh, so SmackDown Live, the main event featured uh, Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Randy Orton, and the winner of that match uh, ended up getting the title shot uh, for the WWE Championship against Jinder Mahal. Um, and that match um, allegedly is going to be taking place at uh, Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. Um, which I think is like more than a month away. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like what they do in that amount of time to build up the match. Um, but in that match, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, if you don't watch SmackDown Live, or if you didn't see it uh, yesterday, uh, he is very proficient with his stiff kicks. 
so he this tweet from WWE Creative Humor, uh, they were saying that Shinsuke Nakamura kick to Randy Orton's head looked rough. Now he'll be hearing voices for real. Uh, so for those of you guys that don't watch SmackDown Live, uh, Randy Orton, uh, one of his catchphrases, uh, his, his theme song actually, is that he hears voices in his head. Um, so uh, that stiff kick from Nakamura probably forced him to hear real voices in his head, at least for a second. Um, an interesting tweet from Billionaire Mindset uh, was saying, uh, if you have at least one person genuinely supporting you, you're blessed. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, even just one person supporting you, uh, you, you definitely feel blessed. Anything more than that, you know, uh, is, is even better. Um, but I would agree with that statement as well. Um, SmackDown Live also featured, uh, I thought, an interesting angle. Uh, it, it was uh, between Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, uh, Daniel Bryan, and, and Vince McMahon actually getting involved, uh, or at least he'll be there next week. Um, this was another tweet from WWE Creative uh, Humor, Daniel Bryan saying to Shane McMahon, there's something I have to tell you, your real dad is Kurt Angle. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was funny given the Kurt Angle storyline with uh, Jason Jordan. Um, you know, Shane McMahon uh, was confronted by Dan O'Brien in that show um, earlier on before the main event. Um, also on the show, um, it was interesting to see uh, the return of Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph Ziggler uh, really, really going back to his roots of being a bad guy, uh, a heel on the show. Uh, he was saying to the crowd, you all make me sick. Um, and WWE Creative Humor did a, a throwback to, uh, if any of you guys have seen the movie, the documentary Beyond the Mat about wrestling, uh, there was a scene with Vince McMahon where he was saying, that's it, he'll puke when he comes out. Puke Ziggler, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. Uh, that's what Vince McMahon was saying in, in that Beyond the Mat movie. So that's like a callback uh, to that movie. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, it's not bad. Uh, it was a documentary that they did, I think, in the late 90s, uh, Beyond the Mat. So uh, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it. It's interesting, like, behind-the-scenes footage uh, covering a lot of wrestlers. Uh, Draws was, was, was that wrestler that they were covering uh, with Vince McMahon. Uh, they also covered Mick Foley. They also covered uh, Terry Funk, among others. Um, I believe New Jack and uh, Jake Snake Roberts. So uh, really interesting documentary. If you like behind the scenes footage of wrestling, uh, Beyond the Mat was I think one of the very first ones um, to do that. Um, besides, uh, there was another one, Beyond the Shadows, I think it was called, about uh, Bret Hart and the Montreal Screwjob in 97. So um, both of those I would recommend if you're a wrestling fan. Some pretty interesting behind the scenes footage. Um, the other interesting tweet uh, that WWE Creative had uh, kind of like poking fun at uh, what Ziggler was doing. Ziggler, af before he was saying that the crowd made him sick, um, he actually came out many different times uh, mocking several different wrestlers current and from the past. Um, and one of them that he did was actually uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, so, uh, WWE Creative Humor said, if this is anyone but Randy Savage, you stole my bit, uh, and saying that was from Jay, Le Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay Lethal, for those of you guys that don't know, he used to do a character on uh, TNA Wrestling 
where he would uh, dress up like the Macho Man Randy Savage and he would do the mannerisms, uh, he would do the, the voice, uh, he did all of those things. So it was definitely his gimmick first and I thought that that was a good dig, a good bit of humor there uh, by WWE Creative Humor. Um, this was also interesting. So this video uh, is showing goats doing parkour. Um, so basically goats just kind of jumping around doing crazy stunts um, and yeah I'll let you guys kind of take this in um, it's a bit silly uh, but it is you know kind of interesting And uh, another subject that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, um, because it got so much play yesterday uh, for sports, uh, was the story about the Red Sox and the New York Yankees. And, um, you know, that is one of the most storied rivalries in all of sports. Forget about just baseball, like all of sports. Um, And one of the longest running rivalries in all of sports. Um, So what happened yesterday, uh, for some people was interesting, for some people... Uh, they just viewed it as like part of the game. Um, the Red Sox were caught using an Apple Watch uh, in the in the dugout to steal signs and signals from uh, the New York Yankees. So, you know, if you watch baseball, uh, you're very well aware of the fact that stealing signs is, is actually, in most people's opinion, myself included, part of the game. Uh, and where that comes into play a lot of times is when you have... Uh, somebody that's made it to second base, uh, a player, he can actually see and look at what the catcher's doing. So when the catcher's, you know, making signals before he, before the pitcher throws the pitch, um, you know, those signals, if the person on second can signal back to the batter before the pitch is made, uh, it makes it easier for the batter to anticipate what type of pitch is coming. Um, so stealing signs has been a part of the game uh, for so long, and also like the hitter is also getting signs from uh, usually the third base coach, um, you know, giving weird signs, all types of stuff, um, you know, whether they should bunt, if they should go for it, you know, hit, try to hit for power, um, try to hit for a single, um, you know, so s- those signs are out there in baseball, and, um, you know, stealing signs is definitely, I think, a part of the game. So. There was a lot of interest, there was a lot of talk about this. Um, I think where the controversy comes into play is not that signs were stolen, um, because that's usually a given in baseball. Um, It was with the technology, it was that an Apple watch was used um, to steal signs, um, which is definitely, I believe, the first time that that's been heard of um, in baseball. Um, So there is a lot of people poking fun of that, including Tim and Sid again. Uh, so they said this is the new Boston Red Sox alternate logo. I thought that was pretty cute with the Apple logo right in the middle there. Um, also, going back to politics, going back to uh, DACA, um, Marco Rubio uh, tweeted out, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me 
drank a stranger and you welcomed me, uh, a Bible passage there, uh, Matthew twenty-five thirty-five. So I saw, in my opinion, the best response to that tweet, um, and I think that uh, Susan Hennessy um, really summed up, I think, how everybody feels right now about Congress with this response. I thought this was beautiful. She said, I have zero patience for empty virtue signaling on this. You're a member of Congress. Don't tell us how sad and pious you are. Pass a law. Um, I thought that was, like, if, if you had to just limit yourself to a certain number of words to say to somebody in Congress right now, um, you could not have put it more succinctly. You could not have put it any better than that. Um, so all the credit to Susan Hennessy there. Um, if you want to follow her on Twitter, I recommend it. Just that tweet alone is like gold to me. I, I think it deserves recognition. Uh, she's on Twitter at Susan uh, underscore Hennessy. Uh, Got to give her props for that tweet. I thought that was very well said. Um, Tim and Sid again poking fun at uh, the situation there in Boston with the Red Sox, saying that there's leaked security footage from a Boston area Apple store. And there you see Bill Belichick uh, fitting the Apple watch on uh, John Farrell, the manager for the Boston Red Sox. Um, so other news that came out yesterday, uh, actually it got leaked, uh, some pages from Hillary Clinton's new book. And Edward Hardy uh, tweeted out, uh, these images from Hillary Clinton's new book and in her new book she actually talks about Bernie Sanders quite a bit um, and just to kind of read to you well actually I'll save you guys time uh, because it is rather lengthy um, definitely look for Edward Hardy on Twitter uh, you can read the uh, the image capture of the pages themselves um, but it did not to me look good on Hillary what she was saying about Bernie Sanders um, it in my opinion made her kind of look even more psychotic um, than she's been portrayed in the media um, and in pathetic really I, I viewed it as uh, pretty low class what she was putting in her book um, and I view it as, as trash to be honest um, you know I'm I was never really the biggest fan of Hillary Clinton from the beginning, but this actually makes my views of her even lower, and I didn't think that that was possible. Um, so, you know, some pretty disappointing things there in her book. Um, one of the things she did say uh, was that she's proud to be a Democrat, and I wish that Bernie were too, uh, which I find hilarious because before he ran... Uh, for that office uh, in the last election, he was always an independent for the state of Vermont. So, you know, that was a pretty stupid statement for Hillary Clinton to say. Uh, you would think she would know better having worked with him in the Senate before. Um, some, some feedback that came in after people were starting to read this from Hillary. Uh, Amir Amini MD on Twitter was saying that this is her thank you to Bernie after he endorsed her, campaigned for her, and never once questioned how she cheated him in the primaries. And I would 100% agree with Amir there. I think that 
it was such a low blow for her to say what she said in her book and it makes her look in my opinion even worse to people that people like me that already had a low opinion of her um carl barks also tweeted saying hillary clinton who circulated a photo of obama in a turban to imply that he was a muslim in 2008 thinks that bernie was too mean during the primary um so i I would agree also with carl there i think that um you know hillary claiming that bernie sanders was mean you know i was watching that entire election cycle pretty intently I never really saw anything that I would consider mean coming from Bernie Sanders. If anything, even in the debates, I thought he was very cordial with uh, Hillary. So I honestly don't know where the hell she's coming from with that accusation. Um, and I think Carl you know, is hitting the nail on the head there. Um, you go back to the election that she had against Obama, where number one, she lost and she did everything she could to stay in it way past the time that she should have just dropped out and endorsed Obama and made it in my opinion, even more difficult for him to continue, uh, you know, and, and add to that, you know, it was her that, that circulated that photo of Obama in a turban, uh, you know, implying that he was a Muslim as well. So you want to talk about dirty, underhanded tactics. Um, you want to talk about being mean during a primary. Um, in recent history, I would put Hillary up there on a, in a class of her own. Uh, so her slamming Bernie Sanders uh, for the last primary season, uh, I, I honestly don't even know what the hell she's talking about. Um, Elizabeth Williamson tweeted out, apparently Hillary Clinton didn't write her book with the goal of healing rifts in the Democratic Party. Um, and I responded to that, I said, yeah, you know, Hillary wrote this book for Hillary, which is also part of the reason why she didn't win, because it always seems like everything is about her. She's going to be the first uh, female president. It's all about her, never about the party, never really about the country. And I think people see through that. They definitely saw through it when she was running. Um, You know, and it's unfortunate what she did with the Democratic Party to hold back Bernie Sanders, because again, in my opinion, I think Bernie Sanders was the better candidate. you know, and unfortunately, when she was running for president against Donald Trump, she had so many issues. She was so unlikable amongst the voters. Um, you know, it made things hard for the Democratic Party to try to even get a shot to win. And unfortunately, they did not win um, in that election. Uh, so also an interesting tweet from Uberfax. Uh, there is a town in Newfoundland in Canada that is known as Dildo. Uh, I'm not making that up. It is actually known as Dildo Newfoundland. Um, and they have an annual festival apparently uh, called Dildo Days, um, which is led by their mascot, Captain Dildo. Uh, you could not make this shit up. It's so crazy. Uh, so I just tweeted back that I said, and the ladies love it. Um, Speaking of Bernie Sanders, he actually had a response to uh, Donald Trump. Uh, He was saying that Trump's decision on DACA is the ugliest and most cruel decision ever made by a president of the United States in the modern history of this country. Uh, So I just wanted to play for you guys uh, that clip. That you would take away 
the legal status of some 800,000 young people. It is no secret that I disagree with Donald Trump on virtually every issue, but I have to say that his decision regarding DACA is the ugliest and most cruel decision made by a president of the United States in the modern history of this country. Today to announce that the program known as DACA that was effectuated under the Obama administration is being rescinded. In Maryland, it's 15,000 kids who are going to lose their status. What happens to them? Do they get deported? Do they lose their jobs? What happens to the families that they're supporting and their dreams? The idea that you would take away the legal status of some 800,000 young people, young people who have known no home other than the United States. This is my home, so this is my people, this is, this, is, this is my country. I'm an American. Young people who today have good jobs, being productive members of the economy, young people who are in school, young people who are serving the military, and take away their legal status and put them in a position where they could be deported and thrown out of the only country that they had, can remember. You can give me a sense of hope uh, because he wants an opportunity for me to get higher education. If I can't take my ability to work, it's going to make it a lot more difficult for me to get ahead of life. That guy has given me the opportunity to, first of all, drive, have a work permit, and has given me a temporary uh, status, protection status, and if that is taken away, I won't be able to practice my nursing career. To all those 800,000 beneficiaries, um, their lives are at risk right now. They could lose their, their authority to work here legally and um, provide for their families. Our job now in Congress is to move as quickly as we possibly can to rally the American people and to pass legislation repealing Trump's horrific decision. We need to um, support DACA beneficiaries and we need to stay together, all immigrants and non-immigrants. We need to be united in this fight. No human is illegal. We need to understand that. We're all here for each other. I find that more people are united than not in a lot of these difficult times. I hope the American people will stand with us as we go forward in protecting these 800,000 young people. Uh, so yeah, I thought some really good uh, statements there from Bernie Sanders and a lot of people that were involved in uh, some of the protests that were going on outside of the White House yesterday. Um, you know, it was interesting to me too, like the choice of music there. It sounded a lot like uh, the song Mad World. Um, you know, an interesting choice of, of, of music there. Um, but moving on, um, there was a tweet yesterday from uh, Taylor Trogdon uh, talking about Hurricane Irma. And he was saying that I'm at a complete and utter loss for words looking at Irma's appearance on satellite imagery. Um, and Dan Gilmore responded saying that that is coming from one of the nation's top experts on hurricanes. So that's how crazy uh, Hurricane Irma is um, right now. Um, another brain dropping that I had uh, when I was watching, going back to wrestling, I was watching, uh, I believe, Raw? 
uh, earlier this week, maybe it was SmackDown 2, it's possible it was on both shows, um, they were showing the work that they were doing, the wrestlers, uh, Stephanie McMahon as well, um, raising awareness and uh, helping out with Connor's Cure. Um, and if you don't know about Connor's Cure, um, I encourage everybody to uh, Google Connor's Cure and take a look at the good work that uh, the WWE is doing. Um, when it comes to that, uh, it, it, uh, it's a very touching story. Um, for those of you guys that aren't aware, it's Connor's Cure is based on a child, unfortunately, who, who passed away. Um, and uh, he was uh, very inspirational to a lot of the wrestlers uh, who met him. Um, and uh, he, he was just, uh, there's a lot of footage that the WWE had of, of uh, Connor. Um, he was such uh, an inspirational child um, to see him battle through his illness and um, just the spirits that he had. Um, you know, he was actually making the, the other wrestlers laugh, um, even in his, his time of pain. Um, you know, it, it was a very touching story. Uh, the wrestlers lovingly had the nickname for him Connor the Crusher, um, you know. So it was. It's it's very, um, it's very nice to see that. And uh, you know, when people ask like why I'm still a wrestling fan, like that's one of the things I point to. You know that that makes me proud to be a fan of wrestling and the WWE. So um, great to see the work that they're doing with that, the awareness that they're creating, uh, the the donations and everything that that's a part of that. Um, you know, it's it's really uh, it's really heartwarming to see that. Um, moving on, an interesting tweet from at Science News. Um, they were saying that people may have hunted giant sloths in the center of South America around twenty three thousand one hundred and twenty years ago. Um, that would make sense to me because you know if you're hunting animals, uh, you know everybody is aware of how slow sloths are. Uh, it's a stereotype, right? Um, you know what better animal to go after than an animal that's that slow? So you know that. It's maybe a little bit surprising, but not totally surprising when you stop and think about it. Um, another interesting tweet uh, coming from at History and Pics uh, was actually a dog being suited for a space suit here. So believe it or not, this is actually a dog uh, that's suited inside of a space suit uh, in 1957. Uh, so also, uh, there was a hashtag that was trending earlier today, uh, around eh, five hours ago, I would say. Um, it was hashtag 80s me would say. Um, and basically, it was talking about maybe different things that you would say in the 80s that you probably wouldn't be saying now. Um, so uh, Craig One Tweet Wonder tweeted, 80s me would say, I wish the DJ would shut up while I'm taping songs off the radio. Uh, I can relate to that because even though I was born in 1989, um, you know, in the mid-90s, uh, I would uh, have like a, a tape recorder um, and a lot of times I would try to record songs off the radio um, and, and I, I, I feel that pain because I know what they mean, you know, sometimes you'll hear like the, the DJ still talking, um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to listen to the song and trying possibly to record the song so uh, I like that really like old-school type of, of look back on on, on the on that time um, another funny one uh, was uh, from at jmoney731 on Twitter uh, she was saying 80s me would say this hair needs to be higher and she has the gift there 
of a number of different 80s women just showing off their really, really high hair. Um, Jeremy Stewart also tweeted saying, I have to go home because I'm expecting a phone call. Now that's old school, right? Um, it's, it's funny because um, some kids these days, like they, they don't know what that was like uh, because they never lived in that time. You know, they, it's, they've always had a cell phone. Um, but uh, for those of us that are old enough, and I definitely am, um, I remember that time when the cell phones weren't really there, or if they were there, it was for people that had them in their cars or in a backpack. And, uh, you know, they were so expensive. You were talking like, you know, over $10,000 just for a cell phone and they were the size of like a brick. Um, you know, in, in those times, the only place that you could go for a phone call uh, was your, your home phone or, you know, you'd have a beeper. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just nostalgic right there, the beepers. Um, and, and uh, you know, some people would call collect um, from the phone booth another antiquated idea um, but it's crazy you know when you think about it you know I'm, I'm 28 years old um, you know I don't really feel that old um, I feel like you know a young kid um, but you think about you look back on on your life so far and you think about the stuff that you maybe even took for granted or things that you never really thought like oh you know I, I won't be seeing this again phone booths beepers uh, you know blockbuster rental videos um, all of those things, uh, cassette players, CDs, um, VHS, um, you know, VCRs, all of those things, um, you know, in, in pretty short amount of time, just obsolete, you know. Um, but it, it's fascinating because that shows you like how technology changes over time, you know, and how it's exponential, uh, you know, exponential curve, like it's just constantly changing. Um, another really good 80s tweet uh, from Bill Zachman. Uh, he said, man, the graphics on this Commodore 64 are pretty damn good. <laughs> so I thought that was a, another good tweet. Um, then there was, uh, going back to wrestling, uh, as I was saying, like Botchamania, one of my favorite things online, uh, always poking fun at different things in wrestling. I thought this was hilarious. Um, so this had to do with Braun Strowman, and I'm going to play this for you guys. So yes, Braun Strowman at the end saying, I'm not finished with you. Um, I thought that was uh, very cute, very funny. Um, another tweet uh, talking about yet another tropical storm that's being formed, uh, Tropical Storm Acadia. Uh, is it advisory three, uh, depression becomes Tropical Storm Cadia. So that's from NHC Atlantic Operations. Um, and this was a good tweet here from Judd Davis because this gives you an image of exactly what's going on in the Gulf right now. And what's going on, you know, obviously the major focus is on Irma because of the size of it, you know, the fact that it is, you know, at a category five, um, the speed's going over 175 miles an hour as we talked about yesterday on the podcast. Uh, but then you've got Cadia here going towards Mexico. You've got Irma, which is, you know, eventually gonna reach uh, Miami most likely. And then you've got another one forming right behind it, Jose. So you've got, obviously it is hurricane season, 
but you know sometimes it's easy to forget how quickly these things form and how they almost form you know like a single file line just going all over the place causing havoc mayhem um, and you know unfortunately that is the times that we're in right now is is the hurricane season uh, but I thought you know a really interesting picture just kind of highlight highlighting um, you know almost like a single file line how many tropical storms slash hurricanes are, are going to be coming um, Matthew also had a, a good tweet um, which was interesting to me because you never really see Shane McMahon lo lose his train of thought uh, but he actually did on Smackdown so I wanted to play that for you guys every turn I've been extremely patient but you've been defiant you have been so defiant to me and Kevin one thing that we have to get very clear So if you missed that, a fan just said, you suck, and I think it forced Shane to lose his train of thought. And then the crowd encouraging Shane, Shane O'Mac, Shane O'Mac. So uh, that was interesting because it's rare that you see Shane McMahon lo lose his train of thought. He's usually really good on the mic, um, but for whatever reason, he just had like a Roman Reigns moment there. Uh, Roman Reigns, if you guys aren't familiar, if you have, haven't been watching Raw lately, uh, John Cena, I think rightfully so, has had some really good digs, some really good jokes on Roman Reigns' expense, at Roman Reigns' expense, where, uh, you know, Roman Reigns will just sit there and just, like, freeze on the mic. Like, he'll forget whatever line he was supposed to say next. So, uh, it's rare that you see Shane McMahon in that same situation, but he was definitely uh, last night. Um, also, a tweet from Matthew... Uh, this was for the Cruiserweight show that WWE has on their network called 205 Live. Uh, there's a wrestler here, uh, TJ Perkins, or TJP now is what they're, they're calling him. Um, they have a nameplate usually that will come out as the wrestlers you know, enter the ring. Uh, for some reason, for this nameplate, it does not say TJP or TJ Perkins. It says Araya Davari, which is another Cruiserweight completely. So nope is, is what Matthew was saying there. Um, also, uh, a really interesting tweet here from Uberfax. Um, a lot of attention, a lot of focus lately on uh, Princess Diana as it was the anniversary of her, her passing. Um, there's a photo here that Uberfax tweeted uh, showing Princess Diana shaking hands with an AIDS patient without gloves, which, you know, today that sounds like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. But this picture was taken back in 1991. And it was a huge deal. It was very profound, uh, this gesture, because it helped to remove the stigma about uh, HIV and AIDS. The fact that she was willing to, you know, shake, um, you know, this AIDS patient's hand without gloves at the time was such a big deal. Um, you know, and, and it speaks to the character of Princess Diana, um, who I know to this day is still sorely missed, um, not just by, uh, you know, the good people in the UK, but by Americans, by Canadians, uh, she was very beloved um, because of how thoughtful she was, how caring she was. This is just like a, a moment in time captured, showing you know just how sweet of a person she was and how nice and gentle she was, uh, you know the kind soul that she had. Um, so yeah, you know I thought that was a really good reminder. A great tweet from Uberfax. Um, also uh, for me, I tweeted out earlier today. 
uh, on an unrelated note, uh, the Bank of Canada actually unexpectedly hiked the uh, interest rates up to 1%, and that had an immediate impact on the economy. Uh, the Canadian dollar is up to, I believe, 81 or 82 cents to the American dollar right now. Uh, so confidence in the Canadian dollar has gone up as a result of this. Um, it's, it's an interesting, interesting time in Canada because it shows that uh, there's more and more confidence in the economy in Canada. Uh, the Bank of Canada for, man, at least seven years just kept their interest rates low and did not budge. Um, but they recently bumped it up to 0.75% interest rate. Now they bumped it up again to 1% interest rate. Um, so if you have credit card debt or anything like that, you're probably not too happy to hear about this. Um, if you're like me and you're saving money, um, you're probably disappointed because you would hope that when the interest rates go higher from the Bank of Canada, that that would mean that other banks like TD, BMO, uh, so you know Toronto Dominion, Bank of Montreal, uh, Scotiabank, um, all of those, you know, Canadian banks would actually raise their interest rates for, you know, typical savings accounts, RRSPs, tax-free savings accounts, um, but nope. Um, so that's pretty disappointing. Um, then there was this tweet, which was very, very interesting. Uh, it's actually coming from a very popular porn star, uh, Mia Khalifa. She tweeted out saying that Cubbies, your man is wandering around in left field. Can you come and get him? And then she actually posted pictures of messages that, that she was getting from him saying that, uh, you know, he was a big fan of hers. Um, it would be great if she just said hi. Um, continuously saying good morning, good afternoon. I hope you're doing good. Um, yeah, so... Um, kind of interesting especially in today's day and age um, you know for a lot of people they would view it as taboo um, for me you know I look at that I, I kind of view that as not really cool um, you know I think like messages should be private um, you know so I, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that but you know at the same time it's out there it is kind of funny um, especially the, the way that she was putting that, you know, as, as a baseball player, you know, he's wandering around in left field. Um, I, I thought that was pretty funny, but, you know, do I agree with her, you know, making public, private messages like that? Uh, my opinion, I don't think that's pretty cool. I think that's actually, you know, um, not cool. Um, but it is funny, you know, since it's out there. Um... Another interesting article I found earlier today was Steve Harvey, and man, this guy, um, I, I don't know, there's no, there's no other word I can use for this guy other than just, you know, disappointing, you know, um, he's, a, you know, those of you guys that don't know Steve Harvey, he's a comedian, you know, he's got a daytime game show uh, that he hosts uh, with Family Feud, um, you know, he's hosted and made mistakes on uh, beauty pageant contests, um, and most recently, he publicly uh, was speaking with Donald Trump when he first got into office, or as he was getting into office, I can't remember which. Um, it was a while ago, but now Steve Harvey is saying that he should have listened to his wife at the time, who told him not to, to show up with Trump, and he's saying that he wished that he did skip that meeting with Donald Trump. Um, in my opinion, and I, I tweeted out, you know, I think that Steve Harvey regrets a lot of things seemingly in his life, 
Um, and he just, I hate to say it, but he's always struck me as a bit of an idiot. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Steve Harvey, um, but, you know, this is just like another thing to the list of kind of stupid things that he's done. Um, some other brain droppings that I had, some other tweets, uh, one of the things I was thinking about was, you know, especially after the long game yesterday with the Blue Jays, you know, this off season for the Blue Jays uh, should be very interesting. A lot of people have different opinions about what should happen. Um, you know, some people say that they should just blow everything up and just start their rebuild now. They've got some two, they've got two uh, really good prospects in their system that everybody's excited about, including uh, Vlade Jr. Um, I'm excited to see what Vladimir Jr. can do. Um, so much hype for him. There's also Bo Bouchette. Um, both of those players are, are generating a lot of enthusiasm. Unfortunately for the Blue Jays, short term, uh, those two are just kids. They're t literally teenagers. Um, and they're probably at least two years away, at a minimum, uh, from joining the Blue Jays team. So, uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, you know, that might actually help make the Blue Jays' decision even easier because you've got like a two-year window here where not much is going to change in terms of your prospects coming up, your main ones. So maybe you go for it. You know, maybe you try to do a retooling instead of a rebuilding. Uh, maybe you let Jose Batista either retire or go to another team because clearly he's not had uh, the type of season that anybody would like. And I love Jose Batista. He actually follows me on Twitter. I follow him. Um, I'm a fan of Batista's. I've got like a couple of jerseys actually uh, for Batista. Um, but as great as he's been as a player, and make no mistake about it, he will be on the le level of excellence at the Rogers Center. Uh, in my opinion, surefire uh, Hall of Famer, um, one of the best ever to wear a Blue Jays uniform. Not without his share of controversy, for sure, but I think that's one of the things that's made him such an interesting player. I know a lot of people gave him uh, shit for the bat flip that he's had, um, but I love it, man. I love watching players play with passion, whether it's in baseball, hockey, basketball, football, whatever the sport. Um, I love seeing players break out of their shells and just show their emotion, wear it on their sleeves, and uh, you know I can never say anything bad about Batista that way. Um, but what I would say is, as he's getting older and as injuries creep up on him, his production has not been, I think, even for him what he would like it to be. Um, it's been a disappointing season for him. Not a bad season, but not a Jose Batista type of season. Um, you know, hopefully for him, if he doesn't want to retire, he can find a home with another team, um, either as a, maybe as a, as a DH in the American League designated hitter, or maybe as like a pinch hitter off of the bench. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see a future for him with the Blue Jays. Obviously for the Blue Jays too, they've got a lot of holes. Uh, left field is a major issue for them. Right field is going to be a major issue for them. Uh, a lot of people have linked the Blue Jays in the past to uh, Yaziel Puig uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know if the Dodgers would be as willing to trade him away now as they would in the past, but if the Blue Jays could get on him, I think that would be huge. Uh, the Blue Jays also have been reported to be interested in uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who is over is over 50 home runs this year and is one of the best players in baseball, and he's just wasting away with the Marlins. The Marlins, uh, you know, if they were to trade Stanton 
but it would look horrible to their already depleted fan base. But, uh, you know, I'm a diehard Blue Jays fan. I would love to see the Blue Jays go all out and bring in Stanton. Uh, that would be, in my opinion, the best move they could make. Or, you know, Puig I would take as well. Um, you know, is that pie-in-the-sky hopes? Probably. Um, but it's interesting. I would love to see the Blue Jays go for it. Um, you know, second base is a question mark with Devin Travis's injuries. Um, you know, they've got some good defensive hands there in, in second base. You look at Goins, you look at, um, you know, some other players that they have in that mix, but they don't have the bat that Devin Travis has. So if he can stay healthy, they should be okay in second. If he can't, maybe they've got to start looking at other options. Troy Tulowitzki has a monster contract that cannot be traded at shortstop. Um, he unfortunately is not the same player that he was with the Colorado Rockies, and his contract and him being on the roster is just going to be like an albatross for this Blue Jays team going forward, unfortunately, um, which is a shame. I always loved watching Tulowitzki. I thought he was one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. Um, he was really productive as a shortstop for Colorado, but since he's come to the Blue Jays, we've seen um, we've seen bouts of, of good defense from him, but we've also seen just horrible offense. No, never anywhere near what he did in Colorado. Um, you've got Josh Donaldson and his contract situation at third base uh, as an MVP. Um, that's a situation that I don't actually even have an opinion on because I'm so torn on that. Um, I could see the Blue Jays going one route where they try to you know, bring him back and sign him long-term as a, as a former MVP and, and a really big player, as a player they can promote as well if Batista leaves. But on the other hand, if they do go for a rebuild, he is probably their strongest asset um, besides like Sanchez or Stroman or Osuna, although Osuna has been struggling lately. Um, if they were to trade Donaldson... I wouldn't be surprised if they were to sign him long-term. I wouldn't be surprised, but I just hope that they don't lose him for nothing in free agency. Uh, as long as they do one of those two other things, I would be okay with that. Um, then you've got Russell Martin, at catcher. His age and injuries have creeped up on him, and the Blue Jays just seem lost at catcher, so that's another position they need help in. Uh, starting, starting pitching, um, I think they could use one or two more starting pitchers in their rotation. Uh, they don't really have much depth in the organization there. Their bullpen, I think, has been pretty solid uh, this year. I think that their closer has been inconsistent, uh, but let's not kid ourselves. We're talking about Osuna. I know he will find himself again. I don't have any uh, loss of faith in him. Uh, he's just a very young kid. Uh, he's been pitching out of his mind uh, in a short period of time. Um, it, he's had some bumps, you know, but... I consider him one of the elite closers in baseball, and I think that he's only scratched the surface of his potential. Um, I, I think he, the sky's the limit for him. Um, but yeah, all of those subjects, I think, will come into play with the offseason for the Blue Jays, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um, going you know, further into sports, talking about the NHL, there's a couple of interesting questions, a couple of interesting stories that are going on in the NHL right now. One of them still is with Matt Duchesne, uh, in my opinion, one of the great young centers in the NHL, for whatever reason, just, it doesn't seem to be working with the Avalanche, um, and there's been trade rumors for the longest time, but th there's been no trades, 
Um, people are wondering if he's going to hold out of training camp. Um, it's a shame, man, because to me, Matt Duchesne is, is one of the top young centers in the NHL, and he deserves a home. He deserves a place to grow and hone his skills and you know help to build a winner. Um, I think the Avalanche, um, you know, as much as I love Joe Sackick, uh, I think they're making a huge mistake if they give up on Duchesne. I think he is a franchise center. Um, I know the Leafs don't have a lot of cap space, but uh, if they could somehow get in on that to go with their other youngsters, that would be crazy. Um, you know, Montreal's looking for that center. Duchesne makes total sense. Um, there's a lot of teams that could use Duchesne's services. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, what his future looks like. Uh, and then a uh, huge veteran, Yarmir Yager, legend. Uh, you know, Yager's still waiting to, for a team to sign him, uh, but he's saying that he will play the waiting game. Uh, he will wait for a team to sign him. Um, and I, I feel like whatever team does sign him won't regret it uh, because at a, at a minimum, you're getting all of those years of experience and just like that veteran leadership that he can provide, that insight that he can provide to younger kids on the team, um, that's valuable enough. I think that alone is worth a million dollars. Um, forget about the fact that, you know, on a third or fourth line, you know, he could be a grinder for you. He could score, he could pass still. Um, he's not as fast as he used to be, but, uh, you know, there's a reason why he hasn't retired yet. Uh, the man keeps in really good shape at his age, and uh, you know, surefire Hall of Famer, uh, playing alongside uh, Mario Lemieux all those years in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, just a uh, fantastic player. I'm interested to see if he ends up somewhere. I hope he does, because I still think he has a little bit more left in the tank. Um, going back to North Korea, um, an interesting bit of uh, news coming out saying that North Korea apparently now is threatening an EMP, a, an electromagnetic pulse attack or strike towards the U.S., which would actually threaten the power grid. Um, it seems like each day there's another layer to this level of crazy coming from North Korea, um, and that's no different. Um, Continuing with North Korea, uh, there's some people that believe that the U.S. should negotiate with North Korea. Steve Bannon is one of them. When he left office, uh, he actually said this, that they should negotiate with North Korea to have them freeze their nuclear testing if the U.S. pulls their troops out of South Korea. Um, I personally think that we are past that point. I think we're well past that point now. I think it's too late to do that, and if they actually did do that, you'd be in the same situation that you're in now because you still wouldn't know what North Korea is capable of. Um, and you'd actually be slightly worse off because you wouldn't have your uh, military in place in South Korea. South Korea would feel less safe and America would feel less safe. Um, and another point, which we were talking about yesterday, um, the US, Donald Trump tweeted out that they were you know, prepared to sell new arms to uh, Japan and to South Korea. Um, an interesting take that I have on that is that that I think only escalates things and makes things worse because now you're not just worried about what the US could do to North Korea, it also gives more power to South Korea and Japan to do something independently on their own to North Korea which could just possibly make things worse. So 
again, you know, I didn't really think about that until before this podcast, but, um, you know, that's another take that I have on that. It's, it's just, you know, you're, you're this arms dealer. The U.S. has always been an arms dealer. You go back uh, when they were arming the Afghans against the Russians, and then they were shocked when they found out, oh, you know, they ended up arming the Taliban, which they would later fight themselves. Um, you know, if you're an arms dealer like that, it's always going to come back to bite you in the ass, and it has for the U.S. every single time. This would be no different. Um, some other tweets that I had, uh, unfortunately, because I don't want to get as kicked off of YouTube, I can't play these clips, but I highly recommend, there's two clips on YouTube that I would recommend to everybody. Uh, one of them was uh, from Ellen DeGeneres' show. She had on uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell competing against a, uh, a whiz kid, an elementary student, uh, in, in a competition that was similar to uh, that, that game show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Um, so I thought that, that was, there was, it was so funny. It's on YouTube. Definitely go check out that video. Um, it's on our Twitter timeline, uh, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Uh, definitely check that out, guys. It is, it is hilarious. It's, it's well worth the watch. Um, also well worth the watch uh, was uh, the late night show uh, with Seth. Uh, Seth did a closer look, uh, which those closer looks are always hilarious. They're always good. Uh, but this time he was looking at DACA and his response to Hurricane Harvey. Uh, so that clip, a little bit longer, it's a nine minute clip, um, but it is well worth watching. And again, that's also on our Twitter account. Um, so again, interaction, a huge part of the show. Yesterday we, we had some great interaction talking about DACA. Uh, today, some good interaction about the Toronto Blue Jays offseason. Uh, BogeyGolf underscore Steve tweeted in saying, you know, when it comes to the Blue Jays offseason, you know, hopefully major changes are coming. This team has been horrible all season. Um, and I would agree. I think they've had some stretches where they've, they've shown to be like a little bit better of a team than most people thought. Um, but you're absolutely right, uh, Steve. I think that uh, their season has been disappointing from the very start. They came off to that ridiculously bad uh, record at the beginning of the season, and it's been all downhill from there. Um, because of the second wild card, you know, we've been kind of teased and taunted. Oh, you know, the Blue Jays had a chance there. Um, but as time went on, and you know, really within the last two or three weeks, uh, it's become clear that. Uh, they're out of that running as well. So any hopes for a postseason for the Blue Jays, pretty much dead unless something crazy happens. And, uh, you know, that really turns everybody's attention, mine and Steve's, and I'm sure all of you guys, uh, to see what will the Blue Jays do in the offseason. I think a, a crucial offseason for the Blue Jays franchise. Um, Donald Trump earlier today also tweeting out uh, that he's going to be going to North Dakota today to discuss tax reform and tax cuts. Uh, we are the highest tax nation in the world, and that will change. So as Donald Trump would say, wrong. Uh, that is totally wrong. The U.S. is nowhere close to being the highest tax nation in the world. As a matter of fact, uh, helping us out here was Andy Ostroy. Uh, he said that Trump's tweeted 
this in the morning that the U.S. is the highest tax nation in the world, it's actually one of the lowest. And he's absolutely right. If you look at it, uh, this is uh, as of 2014, these stats. The United States is all the way down here, guys. There's all of these states, all of these countries, I should say, sorry. Uh, there's all these countries uh, that are above the United States when it comes to taxes as part of their GDP. Uh, Canada is, I saw it earlier. There are a few, so this is the US. Canada is right here. Um, so I know as a Canadian, I, I think Canada in general, Canadians always think, oh, you know, we're one of the highest uh, tax countries in the world. But I think it's so easy for people to forget. Nope, not even close. If you look at Europe, the taxes are so much higher. Um, and, you know, is that a bad thing? I don't think so. I think people's views of taxes uh, sometimes can be uh, very, very selfish. Um, you know, taxes, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, you always feel queasy when you're doing your taxes at that time of the of the year in April but uh, you know you, you also kind of feel once it's done like you've done your your duty you know that you, you've done your, your responsibility as a citizen you've paid into a system that is supporting not just yourself but everybody else it's a, it's a social safety net um, that's in place to help people you know, um, whether that's with employment insurance or health care or, you know, you look at Europe and they go as far as education and housing. Um, I wouldn't shit on any of that. I, I think that all of those things are good for society. Um, you know, people, some people look at it. I know a lot of conservative people look at it and they go, oh, you know, these are just handouts. Well, what else do you do with that wealth? right? Do you invest that wealth? Does it sit in a bank account and gain interest? What productivity comes out of that, right? Um, and, you know, at least with investing, hopefully you're investing in companies that use that those profits to create jobs. Um, but, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen either. So if you're a conservative that's against, uh, you know, those social programs and you're against taxes that much, you know, I would love to hear how you would distribute wealth um, that would be more productive. And again, I'm not saying that it's perfect. It's definitely not. But um, I have no qualms when it comes to taxes. Um, I, I, I think that uh, the, the good that comes out of it is, is so important, right? Um, as a matter of fact, I just wish that taxes were just a little bit more see-through. And what I mean by that is it would be awesome if you could actually vote with your tax dollars where your money goes to. I think that would be awesome. And I think that you would pretty quickly see a decrease in the amount of spending for wars and militaries. I think that more people would invest in healthcare, education, as they do in Europe, uh, maybe even like housing. Um, you know, I think if people could vote where their tax dollars go, one of the very few places that it would go would be towards the military. Um, but unfortunately, we live in a world where the military-industrial complex controls most of the government and they get most of the tax dollars. Um, some other interesting news coming out of the NHL. I was actually really happy to hear this. Uh, Paul Maurice, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest head coaches in the NHL, um, very underappreciated. Um, has gone through some difficult times with the Hurricanes and the Maple Leafs uh, before joining the, the Winnipeg Jets. 
Um, even with the Jets, he's been criticized, and there have been calls for people from people uh, for him to get fired. Um, I've always thought that he got the shit end of the stick, uh, especially when he was with the Leafs. Um, if you go back to his time with the Leafs, you're talking about when they had like Andrew Raycroft in that they had traded away all of their key players, including Sundin. Um, their their roster was absolute shit. And even as a Maple Leafs fan, I'm sorry, but I gotta say that like you had Toscala, Raycroft, um, I think Matt Stajan, Stahan, however you pronounce it. He was uh, like the top line center. Um, just a garbage, garbage team. I can't even remember who the hell was on the blue line. Um, but he got he got the sh- the shit end of the stick with that time because he got blamed and he got fired as he was trying to grow the team and, and coach the kids to get better. Um, and I always felt bad about that. I felt like, uh, you know, Maurice should be there to this day working with the kids that are now there now. And I, I can only imagine what he could get them to. I'm not totally upset because somehow the May Police managed uh, to bring in Mike Babcock along the way, who's, I'll admit, a better coach than Paul Maurice. But, uh, you know, I, I always felt like Maurice deserved better um, with the Leafs, with the Hurricanes, and with the Jets. So I was happy to hear this news that he was given an extension uh, for multiple years. So, so was the general manager for the Jets, Kevin Chavaldayoff. Um, so really happy for both of them, but in particular, Paul Maurice, who I think a lot of times is underappreciated and so many times just gets the, the shit end of the stick. And I, I think he's just a very good person, a very good coach, and he deserves that multi-year extension. I'm happy to see that. Um, going back to the Boston Red Sox, uh, just this picture here. Uh, saying that this is when it all started. So on the left is actually the Apple CEO, Tim Cook, and on the right is John Farrell. So poking fun at the Apple Watch, uh, you know, signal stealing uh, from the Boston Red Sox. And a huge announcement, as we were talking about at the beginning of the show, uh, our latest platform that we are now a part of is Stitcher. Uh, We're so excited to be a part of Stitcher. Uh, The link will be at the bottom of YouTube, also on every other platform, we'll include the link for Stitcher. Uh, so definitely, guys, we encourage you to listen on our newest platform, Stitcher. Uh, we're very excited about that partnership um, and, and very proud to be a part of the Stitcher family. And last but not least, we will end the show uh, talking about how the U.S. House of Representatives voted 419 to 3. Uh, to approve an initial funding package with relief aid in response to Hurricane Harvey. So yesterday I was saying Congress never really seems to be able to pass anything. Uh, For once, uh, uh, it it took a hurricane, uh, but they actually did approve uh, funding to help with the relief aid response uh, to Hurricane Harvey. Um, But my response to that also was, who the hell were those three people that voted against it? So uh, that will do it, guys, for this episode, episode four of the podcast. Uh, Again, I want to thank everybody's support. I want to thank everybody for viewing, for listening on our many different platforms. Uh, All of the links will be available on all of our different platforms. Uh, All of the the links will be available uh, down there, down where, down here on YouTube. Um, And, you know, we encourage you guys to subscribe, to listen, to download, to review, to comment. 
to, to tweet at us, to follow us on Twitter, um, all of those good things uh, as we continue to make this show grow and get better with each and every episode. Uh, thanks to you guys more than anything. Uh, again, you know, also down there, uh, we've got uh, the link for you guys to be able to vote for Anna uh, for Maximus Finest. Please do so, guys. Um, and yeah, other than that, uh, thanks for watching, and we'll see you on episode number five tomorrow.